So I'm continuing the series today. Who told you that? Who told you that? Look at your neighbor and say, who told you that? Look at your second option and say, was it you? It was you. It was you all along. <laughs> I'm just messing. But, uh, but we're, we're unpacking, we're uncovering, uh, really we're, we're replacing lies with truth, shame with grace, and fear with faith. Eventually, this is just the reality and the truth that eventually my life, your life, my life will end up looking like your beliefs. Matthew 8, 13, Jesus tells this centurion man, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. That the level of how much uh, uh, God's involvement happened was based on how much the centurion believed. John 8, 32 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Your knowing, your believing is connected to your living. Truth sets us free. Lies keep us bound. If there's anywhere in your life where you feel bound, it's probably because you've believed a lie. But if there's an area in your life where you've experienced true freedom, it's because you believe the truth. Truth always brings freedom, no matter how hard it is to hear. And, and lies always bring bondage, no matter how easy it is to hear. So we wanna just kill some of these lies, uh, lies of shame, lies of fear, lies of just lies. And we get to determine what it is we believe, amen? amen. So today I'm, I wanna unpack uh, what Jesus talks about right down, right in the smack dab of the Sermon of, on the Mount. If you read in Matthew chapters five through seven, Jesus is preaching his sermon. So I'm essentially just preaching what Jesus preached. It's just, it's just a good thing to do. Every time you get the opportunity, yo, just, just say what Jesus says. All right, God, I got you. <laughs> but he's just, un, he, he's, he's covering things like, you know, be salt and light to your world. He's covering things like idolatry. Hello, somebody. Uh, love your enemies, giving, fasting, prayer. He's, He's, he's unpacking all this. And then right in the middle, here we are in Matthew chapter six, verse 25. He's, he then there uh, goes on to say this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and body more than, uh, than the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, the, great, the, the most wealthiest, the most wisest man ever walked this planet, in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which are here today and tomorrow are thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, the, the religious, the people that don't really have a relationship with their heavenly father. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. So seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, here we go again, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own, of its own. If you're taking notes today, the title of today's sermon is, Who Told You to Worry? Who Told You 
to worry. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these moments. God, I pray that we would receive your word. We would uh, uh, set our minds, realign, uh, focus our attention on you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So we trust you in these moments. We say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said amen. Amen. Amen and amen. You know, famous American writer Mark Twain says, worry is like paying a debt you don't even owe. Oh, man. We out here just throwing money away. Because <laughs> if I asked you to take care of a debt that, you, that had no concern to you, that had nothing to do with your benefit or nothing, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't give away to that debt. So, so why do we worry? And I would say we're all kind of guilty of this. And guilty as in we just, we're Americans. Americans worry, man. <laughs> we stress. We're all so concerned about what's going on. And I love that Jesus says that, can any of you worry by worrying add a single hour to your life? Worry is a waste of time, Jesus is saying. Don't waste your time worrying. Worry just isn't helping us, but we just all still experience a level of worry, stress, anxiety, even so much more in 2023. Can I get a witness? I was uh, looking at this article that was written in April, and it was entitled, What Americans Are Worrying About Right Now, From the Silent Generation to Gen Z. And they surveyed 1,000 U.S. adults. Um, and, uh, and then it said this, that 61% said that they are, their stress that they're experiencing is at an all-time high. Just not that they're stressed. No, that they are stressed, and it's at an all-time high. And 59% said in the past 12 months, these have been the most stressful times of their entire lives. This is what we're dealing with. This is what we're going through. We're carrying something that we probably shouldn't be carrying. And it's because we're so concerned about our future. That's just, that's just the natural thing that we do. We're just so uh, concerned about what is we're going to do, our, our careers, our finances, the economy, my work. The AI is about to take over my job, man. Worried about relationships. I'm still single, man. I'm worried about our health. But even though this seems so prevalent today, I'm so happy that Jesus addresses this over 2,000 years ago. Because he knew that even in that moment, people needed to hear this. But he also knew 2,000 years later at a church called City Light Church, we would need to hear this. Amen. Are you ready for the word? So he takes this moment in the middle of the sermon and says, don't worry about your life. What? Just don't worry. It's, it's, it seems kind of insensitive, but it, it's because, in all honesty, it, he's not giving us an option. He's giving us a commandment. It's, it's a command. Don't worry. Do not worry. And, and we read all throughout Matthew chapter 6 about, like, these, these spiritual practices like prayer and fasting and giving and, and honestly, he's kind of warning the motive at which we do these spiritual practices. He's not saying these are bad things to do. He's encouraging them. But he's saying, yo, when you, when you fast, you don't have to put it on social media that you're going to be off of social media for a month. <laughs> just, just go ahead and fast. <laughs> you know, when, when, you, when you pray, don't just pray in public. Meet me in the secret place. Because when you pray in public... You're, you're going to get the reward for praying in public in that moment. But when you meet me in the secret place, I'm going to reward you beyond that moment. And you're going to see my faithfulness 
in, pub in public because of what I did in private. Amen? And so he's, he's just saying, don't worry about the reward. Don't worry about the results. Because oftentimes that's what we're fixated on. That's why we're doing what we're doing because we're trying to kind of manipulate the end of the story. But God says, I'm in control. And I, I would say it like this. Honestly, worry is simply a cause. It's, it, or is not a cause, it's a symptom. Worry is not, the, is not the cause of something, it's the symptom of something. Worry is not the cause of something, it's the symptom of uncertainty. Of uncertainty. When we are uncertain, oh man, we can do some funny things. We can, we can waste away our lives trying to make something happen that, that God is supposed to do. I would say in the last few years, if there's been anything revealed about humanity, especially with all that we've experienced in 2020 to kind of like living in the uh, repercussions of those things, is that we have made an idol out of certainty. Because when we get challenged on the things that we are certain about, oh man, we go in an uproar. We are what? Like this is, what, this is how it's supposed to happen. I mean, I'm not a crazy planner, but I, even I get you know, messed up when somebody ruins my plans. My wife's a crazy planner though. So she gets really messed up. No, I'm just kidding. My wife's not messed up. I love you, Amanda. But we've made an idol out of certainty, and this article is mentioning that because we are so consumed with our stress and our anxiety and our worry, we fail to plan. And when you fail to plan, you, you're planning on failing. So, so we're paralyzed. We're honestly, because we're carrying this worry, we are paralyzing our ability to steward what it is today that we can do to experience a better tomorrow. I, wouldn't, I would say that you don't have control over tomorrow, but you can influence your tomorrow by what it is you do today. Everybody say today. But Jesus says you'll get nothing back from worrying. I want to just trust that Jesus knows that, and I don't want to waste my worry anymore. Amen? So when you worry, if you're feeling anxiety, you're in the right place, and I'm going to give you some handles today. Number one, you're going to take inventory of who cares. Take inventory of who cares. Everybody say, who cares? almost called the sermon, Who Cares? But I wanted to, you know, follow along the path and the brand, you know, just keep the brand consistent. <laughs> Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, what about your body, what you'll wear. Jesus says, don't worry. It's just kind of insensitive, kind of, just, you know, when you try to figure out the tone. But, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like when you, when you kind of get frustrated and you're like, you're just kind of heated. And then somebody next to you is like, bro, you mad, bro? And you're like, it just boils you even more. Boy, am I mad. Boils you more than this Las Vegas heat. Um, the AC wasn't on last service. I was sweating bullets. I'm like at my caloric deficit right now. I'm actually losing weight as I'm preaching this word. But Jesus is giving us this command, not a suggestion. And if there's any connection you can make when God gives a command or a, a, a correction, it's this, that he cares, that he loves you. Why, why, why give me the correction? Why give me the commandment? It's because I love you. It's because I care about you. If you're in this place and maybe you don't believe this or think this right now because of how much worry you're experiencing, I'm here to tell you that God cares about you. God cares about your needs. God cares about the little things. The God of the universe, 
The God who, the God who put the solar system in place cares about what you'll wear and what you'll eat. This is the God we serve. This is, a, this is the truth. I, if, if you're gonna fix your worry, we don't fix our worry by trying to stop worrying. We fix our worry by focusing our attention on what God cares about, amen? And God cares about you and I. Anybody grateful in this place that God cares about you today? God cares. So we gotta take inventory of God cares. And, and Jesus says this, don't worry about your life because because he knows we need help. He, he knows that he, 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 the only way he can get to us is if we trust him with, with our tomorrow. And so we don't live in this life thinking or believing that our circumstance is a reflection of how God feels about us. If you, if you dialed in your, where you are right now, I mean, I find many times most of why we struggle with what we struggle with is because we have made our circumstance dictate our perception of who God is and what he cares or what he feels about us. But that's a dangerous place to be. God is beyond our circumstances. He's beyond uh, time and space. And so let's not box God in and just receive the care that he has for us to know that he's going to take care of it. You know, I love marriage for many reasons that are obvious. I don't have to go there as that's why you're laughing because it's obvious. But what I love marriage is because really over the course of time, you become this awesome team. And they say, man, teamwork makes the dream work. Man, I love making the dream work with Amanda. You know, we had, they have a dream to have a boy. We're having a boy. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Dude, December, the name lives on. The name lives on. But what I love about marriage is honestly is this ability to take on each other's burdens or whatever is carrying us holding us down. You know, I'll have these moments where I just get super stressed out. I, got, I feel like the world is on my shoulders. And, and when I hear words like, I'll take care of that, it's like music to my ears. And it's literally this relief. It's like this weight gets lifted off when, when somebody tells you, hey, I'll take care of it. Let me do it. I'll just do it. I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, the prophetic unction that I feel the Holy Spirit was saying to us today is God's saying, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll make sure that it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. And if you trust me, the Bible says, if we trust in the Lord with all our heart, he'll make our path straight. So we can worry about the crooked path or we can trust God and know that he's going to make it straight. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this reminds me of this, this scene in, in, in Mark chapter four um, where the disciples are in a boat and they're in a storm. The Bible is full of boats and storms. If there's anything you can learn from the Bible is don't get in a boat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Boats are cool. Uh, but they're in, this, they're in this storm. Jesus is sleeping. And we kind of have these moments with God. It's, it's like Jesus is sleeping in the midst of this storm. The disciples woke him up to say, hey, Jesus, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? Jesus is like, are you drowning right now? <laughs> it's crazy that we have this tendency to, to, to put our, our faith in what the, what's the worst that can happen. And then we magnify it and it becomes this end result. And if you remember what I said earlier, that, that we are, our living is accorded to what it is that we believe in. And, and so literally, they're, they are not drowning. They're in a storm, I get you, but they're not drowning. 
And then they asked Jesus, do you even care about us, bro? He's like, do I care? Have you not seen what I've done all this time? Like, and you're not drowning right now? Like some of us are worried about drowning and you're like, oh wait, I can float. Like we're, we're, we're okay. I'm actually teaching Ruby how to swim. You know, parents, we just take on all these different roles. So I'm a swim instructor now, praise God. And she's loving it. She's loving holding her breath and like swimming to me, but I want her to learn how to just float, like just on your back so I don't have to be around. But even as I'm like holding her back and I'm like, okay, Ruby, I'm gonna count to 20 when I remove my hands and you're gonna float. That's what's gonna happen. And then sure enough, as I remove my hands, she panics and then, and then she actually does sink because she panics. And the funny thing is, number one, I told her you're not gonna sink. And number two, I'm right here. So you're not gonna sink, I got you. But Ruby, she's got a little bit more steps, to, she's got a little bit more work to do. It's okay, we, we'll get you there before the end of the summer. So we should have faith today that God of the universe cares about your needs, amen? amen. So now that we know that God cares, what do we do with our current cares and worries? I love what 1 Peter 5, 7, it kind of amplifies what I just talked about, but also gives us kind of like this simple thing that we can all do. Give your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. So what do I do with all my cares and worries, Pastor O? You cast it, you give it. Other translations say, cast your cares unto him. Just give them to God. That's what we should do. You know, and... When, when, we, when we carry something that we're not meant to carry, we have an opportunity to steward something we're not meant to steward or steward something that we are to steward. And I wanna say it like this. If, if just because you are aware of something doesn't mean you have to care about that something. Sometimes we get access to information that we wish we didn't know. This, this outside coming in and, and we get, you know, whether it's, maybe it's drama from somebody else. Maybe it's a, a little bit of gossip, you know. Sometimes we get involved in gossip and we didn't even ask for it. Maybe it's a, a, bad, a, a bad doctor's note or, or maybe it's just some information that we don't want to have, but we have this ability to carry it by caring for it or not. And I love, I love what Mark Twain said. He said, worry is like paying a debt that you don't even owe. So we have this opportunity to not carry and care about certain things. We, we've put a big emphasis on, on caring about things that really just don't matter. And Jesus is like, hey, that stuff doesn't matter. I, I know you need it, and we'll take care of it, but just consolidate your cares, essentially. Caring is a currency. This is what I get out of it, that we have, we have so much care that we can uh, distribute every day. And so I would, I would see it like this, like, because care is a currency, and Pastor Jabin loves illustrations, I'm gonna try to follow his steps and do awesome uh, illustrations, amen. So let's give it up for illustrations, let's go. Just kidding, you guys are like nervous claps. And... Bro, just get to the illustration, I'm trying to receive from God, bro. So if caring, if, if caring is like a currency, and we only have so much to spend, let's just say we have 100 for a day's worth of care. And we take one of those 20s and we invest it in uh, telling our wives or our spouse that, that we love them. And, you know, maybe you got a family dinner and like, I'm investing in my family, man. I have family dinners, but I got this meeting tomorrow and I don't even know how it's going to go. And uh, what am I, you know, I'm just, I'm just, as I'm worrying about it, I'm losing because I'm giving the, I'm, I'm paying the debt that I don't even owe. And, and, you know, uh, uh, oh yeah, there, 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 was I supposed to, was I supposed to pay that 
are the bills, like, are the bills even, I'm just worried about it, so I'm just losing it. Oh, let me, let me spend some time with God, though, because, you know, I, I got to get my morning Devo in, because it's good to meet with God every day, and um, that person said, what? Wait, they said that about, that, about them, about them, and, you know, that's, that's wild, yo, and literally, by the end of the day, we have just spent our cares on things that don't matter, but what's crazy is when you invest your cares in the right thing, the following day, you'll yield the result or the, the interest on those cares that you should care about, investing in your family, investing in your finances, investing with your time with the Lord, because the Bible says uh, better is one day in his presence than a thousand elsewhere. Amen. So let's care about the right things. Amen. Was that helpful? All right, cool. I'm going to do it in the kids ministry after this. I'm just kidding. They're going to run and pick up the money. So this word, don't worry, Paul uses it the, 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 same, the same word, the same original word when he's talking about marriage. He's talking about like, hey, if you're single, don't worry. If you're having turmoil in your marriage, trust me. But this is essentially, I would say, is, this is a better way of saying don't worry. And Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. He says, I would like you to be free from concern. Be free of it. Don't, 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 don't give in to these cares of this world and what's happening tomorrow and the economy, like all this. Oh man, if you really spend some time doing that, you'll not only waste your time, but you're also gonna ruin your tomorrow. So when we worry less about tomorrow, we experience more of God today. When it, this really comes back to that principle that less is more. In this case, it's, it's true. Less cares, we get to experience more of God. And, and then Jesus says, don't worry like the pagans do. The pagans, the, relig the religious people, the people that don't really have a relationship with me, don't, don't worry about them. Don't, don't worry like them. Because your father knows what you need. Notice that it's about relationship. That's how much God cares. And, and I love that he's saying the father. Because your heavenly father cares about these things. So if Jesus is saying, don't worry, he's saying we have a choice to care. You know, this reminds me, this, this whole concept just really reminds me of the parable of the sower. This is a, a parable that Jesus would talk about throughout the, the gospels. And really, if I just boiled it down and give you the quick synopsis of this is there are four types of soil. And when the seed of the word goes out, meaning like when anytime the seed goes out of God's word, whether it's in church, maybe you're at a small group, maybe through a conversation, a coffee date, and you hear God's word, it has this uh, ability to fall on four types of soil. And if you're wondering what the soil is, you're, you the soil, we, we the soil, amen? <laughs> and there's four types of soil. And only one of those soils are, are actually conducive of producing a harvest. These four soils go, it's the path, it's the rocky places, it's the thorns, and then it's good soil. And then he breaks down like, why? What it, what, why would you use this imagery? He says, because on the path, you hear the word and then Satan comes and takes the word. You, you, uh, when it comes to the rocky soil, where there is no depth, there, there, there's nothing, it's like all you do is hear God's word on a Sunday or all you do is experience God for 40 minutes on, you know, whatever. That, like the word comes and then it, takes, it can't take root. So then it, it dwindles away. Rocky places, you receive it with joy and it doesn't take root. So you're pumped, man. When you hear God's word, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take on, take on the world. And then it just goes away. And then we have thorns. Everybody say thorns. thorns. And Jesus says, this is the worries of life. 
and the care for things. He says that when it falls on thorns, what, what your cares do is it chokes it. It chokes the progress. And if we can just handle our cares, we'll be able to experience God's word even more. It would come more alive. Pastor Rick Warren will say that in any room, you can assume that 25% of people are good soil. So about 25% of the room that is hearing uh, this message, usually you're gonna be good. Like this section, y'all straight. I'll see, I'll see you in heaven. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. No, but I'm just, but if we, if we deal with our cares, we could, we could increase that prob- probability by 100%. It's hard to hear what somebody is saying while you're choking them. And our cares of our life, just they're choking what God's trying to tell us. And we can't even hear it because we're so concerned with our worry. Anybody grateful that, that God says his word? Anybody grateful that you're going to declare yourself to be good soil? Amen. Everybody say, I'm good soil. That's what we pray for every service. Before every service, we pray, God, we just pray that this room would be filled with good soil. Because a word can change the trajectory of your life. How does it do that? Because it lands and it produces a harvest. And what Jesus says is a harvest of 30, 60, and 100-fold. Everybody say 100. And so I, t- I started this point, this very long and belabored point, <laughs> so talking about how much God cares. I also want to remind you that we care. Your church family cares about you. Your pastors care about you. The team cares about you. All we do, all we're consumed about is how can we care about you more? So we're like, all right, let's just do prayer at the end of every service. And, and, and stand in agreement and believe God and declare his truth. You know, can we feed families? Let's feed families. Last, yesterday, we fed th- over 300 families. Come on, at, I love my city. Anybody grateful that the church cares? But not just for, no, like for you. We, we care about you. We love you. We, we pray about you. We think about you. I just don't want you to forget that. You have God that cares about you, and you have your church family that cares about you. So number one, we take inventory of our cares. Number two, today, everybody say today. today. Do what you can. Do what you can. Verse 34, Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Jesus paints this picture, essentially. When he says it like this, it's funny. I can't help but think that like, he's, he's painting tomorrow like, or tomorrow's worry and tomorrow like a person. Right? He's like, that, that person will they'll, they'll, they'll worry don't worry about him. We could call him Tom. Sorry if your name's Tom in this place, or if you're watching, your name's Tom. It's not about you. It's just for the illustration. But let's just call it Tom. Jesus is saying, Tom, don't, don't do business with Tom. Don't, don't, don't go into partnership with Tom, because he's going to ruin your today by partnering with him today. Tom, Tom's got stuff he's, he's dealing with. So don't worry. Don't do don't do business. Don't, don't partner with Tom. And I love what Warren Wersby, a theologian, says. He says, worrying about tomorrow ruins both today and tomorrow. Man, you want to mess up your today? Worry about tomorrow. So rather than partnering with Tom, sorry, Tom, I'm going to trust the owner of today. I love what Psalm 118 says. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Anybody grateful that God's the creator of today? He's already accomplished. We stepped in today with an accomplished day. Amen. So we can rejoice and be glad in it. What does this mean to rejoice and and be glad? It, It means to go around and about. Go around and about. And 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 
go around and about giving joy. I would say it like this. If I can boil it down to like this phrase, it would say, what can you do today? You could do something. What can you do? What can you do today? I love what Joshua says in, in, in Joshua 3, he says, Joshua 3, 5, it says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So what can I do today? You can fall back to your patterns. You can meet with God. You could pray. You could forgive somebody. You could tell somebody that you love them. You can encourage somebody. You can take that, that scary step. You could plan. You can invest your today for tomorrow. You can sow seeds. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness would be added unto you. We could, we could just seek God today. That's what we can do. Amen? Amen. And we may not have control over tomorrow, but we can influence it by what it is we do today. Everybody say today. The secret, I've heard this many times, and, I've, and it's true. The secret to success is found in your daily routine. What do you do daily? What can you do daily? What can you sustain daily? I'm trying to work out daily. I'm not, I'm not keeping up with it, but, <laughs> but I really, I, I commit 15 minutes every morning to God. Sometimes it goes longer. Sometimes it doesn't feel like he's saying anything, but other times it's, it's, it's amazing. But it's, it's through the, 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 dis, the discipline of meeting with him in, the, in private and just doing what I can. What do I got? I got 15 minutes, God. You know, oftentimes we look at uber successful people and we're like, yo, if I could just have their problems, I'd be straight. God, give me rich people problems. <laughs> Sometimes I feel that, man. Be like, yo, whatever they're dealing, let me deal with it, God. You know what's funny about successful people? All they've done is just solve very small problems for a long period of time. And then what happens is you get really good at solving small problems. Then what happens, you start getting bigger problems to solve and you figure it out what it means to solve problems. You don't, you don't dread over the problems. You don't worry over the problems. You just solve them. The Bible says if he is faithful with the little, he'll make you ruler over much. So start small. What can you do today? Jesus brings up the wealthiest, wisest man, Solomon, that even, him, even Solomon wasn't tripping. He could have been, he, he had a lot to his care, but he wasn't tripping. Olympic gold medalist Usain Bolt. Everybody know this guy who just broke the record years ago and about the 200-meter sprint or whatever? You know, like people see that and we're like, yo, I want that. I want to be the best. You know, what he, you know what Usain Bolt said? He said, I've trained four years for nine seconds. We see the nine seconds, though. But he was in private, working, doing daily things, patterns. Uh, what could he do today? He can, he can work on his game his, or his running game. Now he gets paid 300 grand to run 200 meters. Bro, I'm trying to get to that level, bro. <laughs> I walk 200 meters and I fall out, especially in this heat. So I would just ask you, man, I, I know it's a little practical, a little... Not, not so spiritual, but what can you do today? What can you do today? Take inventory of who cares. Today, do what you can. And then lastly, trade the worry. Trade the worry as the team comes up. Philippians 4, Paul would say it like this. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. 
And then here's the result to that. If you, if you want to guarantee your results, then you will experience God's peace, which, sur- which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love this. I love that it says, don't worry about anything, and then the peace will come. It'll, ex- it'll exceed anything. So here, what's the conclusion we can make? When we trade our worry for peace, we get more peace than our actual worries. Oh, come on, somebody. Anybody grateful that if we just reach out to God and say, God, I need you. He's like, I got you. More peace than your worry. If it's something that's making you worry, it could be traded for more more peace. And so we pray, God, God, just tell God your needs. What are your needs? Just tell him. I mean, I I don't want to make any promises here, but sometimes if you pray to God and you tell him your needs, he doesn't guarantee he's going to answer your very need because he knows what's best for you. And honestly, his peace is better than what I think I need. I'd rather have God's peace in uncertainty than his absence in my confidence. Amen. That's a bar. Thread that one. Just, Just kidding. Tweet him. Stress, man, we just all stressed out. And really all that stress is, is is an outside force applying pressure. So many times, you know, all this worry that I'm talking about, you know, yes, there are some that we actually carry, but there are also things that just come our way. We didn't plan on, we didn't expect, and here it comes, the unexpected. And if you're, you know, if you're building a, a, a building, whether, you know, in architecture or in engineering, you know, there's a tendency for buildings to collapse. And that's because what happens is is there's a stress fracture, a stress fracture. And this happens when the external pressure is greater than the internal strength. Some of us are just, we're we're crumbling. The the wood is cracking and and we're about to to collapse. It's the stresses, it's the pressures, it's, man, it's, I felt as I was preparing this message, I'm like, man, we, we are just carrying so much. I don't want to crumble, God. I want the, the peace that surpasses understanding. I want my inner peace to be greater than what's happening on the outside. Jesus says he's, he's the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords. And we can receive that. You know, uh, this, this word don't worry, the better translation in the original language is actually take no thought don't don't even don't even let your mind go there take take it or give give it like take no thought second corinthians 10:5 you know there's this famous scripture it says take every thought captive and make it obedient to christ i was talking with d weeks ago and he was talking about this he's like it's funny how like a lot of people when they talk about this scripture it's always negative like take your negative thoughts and then make it obedient to christ i'm sorry it says take Every thought, every thought, good thoughts, bad thoughts, mundane thoughts. Guys, we be thinking about nothing sometimes. Take your nothing thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. And this is because we want to submit whatever it is we are thinking about. And we, because we really are trying to have the heart and the mind of Christ. And when we get a good idea, it, it, you, can, you can submit it to God and you can get clarity to know it may be a God idea then you should go after it. Maybe it's just a good idea and you should just let it go. But worry is really consuming us. And we're so concerned about the details of our future and our life. And 
I want to tell you that God could not be more concerned about it. That God cares. God loves you. And the way we can trade our worry, the way we can get rid of our worries, the number one, know that he cares about us. And then number two, to know that there's peace in exchange. That it doesn't just empty the worry. No, it gets filled with peace. And the only way to experience that peace is if you allow it to come. You can have a peace without reason, without explanation. God, I don't understand, but I can have your peace. If there's an area in your life that you lack peace, I would challenge you. It's because you're just simply trying to figure it out. You're trying to reason and trying to logically, if you lack peace in your finances, it's because you're trying to figure it out. If you're lacking peace in your singleness, it's because you're like trying to make it happen. Free yourself from that concern. I want to extend that opportunity to everybody in this room, or maybe you're watching this. If you want to be freed of this, these concerns in life, you're carrying something, you walked into this place and there's a worry. Can I see your hand? Pastor Omar, this message spoke to me. Uh, I'm carrying more than I need to be carrying. So many hands. If your hand's lifted, could you stand up? I want to pray for you. I want to, I want to, I want to cast our cares unto God. I want, to, I want to trust him with whatever worries. Man, sometimes it could be a good thing, but still, we shouldn't worry about it. You know, I got all these things going on in my head. Now we're going to have a, a boy, and I'm like, man, what do I got to do? And I prepare my, I got to be the man of the house. I'm going to have a son now. God's like, I'll take care of that. If you would just open up your hands. God, I just pray, and I thank you for this word. I thank you that you have spoken to this very need. We declare that we are not going to believe the lie that we are to carry and uh, uh, this worry that we aren't to worry right now. God, I pray right now that we, we do what you said. We cast our cares unto you. Why? Because you care for us. So we, re- we realign, we re- refocus, we reset our attention on you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. I thank you, God, that you have amazing things in store for tomorrow. But right now, we trust you with today and tomorrow. So God, thank you for taking our cares. Thank you for, for, for caring for us that much. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.